The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> no, 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 no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'd get his. <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. <laughs> Dave. Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrough. All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Go there for Saints-Falcons on Sunday, then LSU-Notre Dame on the next week in the Nashville Bowl. I don't know what that is, but they have a great menu. They have 136 draft beers. Go there, the Pelican House. They support us, so you should support Come them. Come on, the Music City Bowl, Ralph? The Music City Bowl. Look, it's, look it's, man, if you can't remember what the Nashville Bowl is called, I can't, I can't, I can't. help you. Yeah, LSU is an eight-and-a-half-point eight favorite. I put money on it in Vegas, so LSU is doomed. All right, we have a special guest today. Uh, my friend, everyone's friend from the internet, from the Falcoholic, Dave Choate, has joined us. And I want to gloat, Dave, because I said in October that this was happening. The 6-8 and eight Saints, 5-9 and nine Falcons, for all the marbles. It's not quite all the marbles, because Carolina is still alive. But basically, the Saints in Atlanta control everything, and it's getting done on Sunday. Um... Your thoughts on because because both fan bases we've kind of been self-loathing all year long, but Atlanta even more so because Saints we don't have the component of a large chunk of the fans wanting to fire the coach. Atlanta does. So can you kind of encapsulate the whole uh, 2014 experience for Falcon fans? Um, abject misery. <laughs> it's you know it, it's amazing because. I look back now and we had all kind of talked ourselves into this one. We were all thinking the same thing. We were all thinking at worst, you know, they'll improve by, you know, four wins probably, you know, they're going to get close to 500. Maybe they'll be back in the playoffs and everything that's happened since has just been, you know, you, you get this tantalizing little bit of hope. Oh my God, they beat the Cardinals. Look at that. That's a great defense. And then it's gone. It's gone. And so that's that's really not just encapsulating the the Falcons experience in 2014. It's really the experience of being a Falcons fan in general. <laughs> well, I mean, Saints fans we've been pretty miserable, but the thing is we have we have we have a Lombardi trophy to to sort of keep us going and and that sort of thing. But I wanted to, we we and Dave we we talk on the Twitter and we did direct message and, and I wanted to do something fun in the Christmas spirit. I call it the twelve miserable days of Christmas, where me and Dave and Andrew are going to misery off each other. So we'll just start with horrible things that have happened to the Saints in Atlanta 
in 2014. And I'll start with the Saints signed Jairus Bird to a $56 million contract. He then proceeds to have back surgery, suck for four weeks, and get injured. That's how the Saints kicked off 2014. Dave, what misery do you have that Atlanta? Well, I, I got a good kickoff there. You know, there, there's Sam Baker. Uh, missed pretty much all of 2013 after we threw a huge contract at him. Huge contract a lot of people felt he didn't deserve. Comes in, everybody's talking about how great and healthy he looks, and nope, he's gone for the season again. Yeah, why do NFC South like to give people huge contracts with horrible backs? I don't know. Yeah, um, it's not wise. So the Saints started off 2014 by losing to their division rival and giving up two 10-point leads. That was fun. Yeah, with 50-yard field goals to send it to overtime and yeah, a 50-yarder to win it. Yeah, by a fat kicker. So, um, so Dave, and the more, don't forget the Colston fumble. Yeah, that too. So, Dave, can you top that one? I can. I only got to watch that one time. <laughs> so, no, I, you know, I have to go back to the injury well again. We had one good linebacker on this team, like really good, generally accepted to be good linebacker. And he's missed the season. <laughs> we, the Saints, lost uh, two games in 2014 on the final play where one fourth down stop would have won the game, including like a fourth and it seemed like 35 where Kaepernick just threw a Hail Mary to a wide open guy. Um, so that's another form of misery that the Saints have had in 2014. The Falcons lost a game in London to the Lions because um, the Lions committed a penalty that invalidated a missed field goal that allowed them to take another try that they hit and then won the game on. I, Andrew, <laughs> I think he wins on that one. Yeah, that's pretty good. But uh, if you don't forget, uh, don't forget the Lions game against the Saints. That was another one that was a heartbreaker where the Saints were up two scores with uh, less, you know, about what, three minutes left in the game. Yeah. And they give up a 70 yard pass to Golden Tate for no real reason. And uh, on the ensuing drive, of course, uh, Drew Brees throws a pick in his own red zone, and uh, the Lions proceed to score with under two minutes left to don't win by one the, point. Don't forget the eight chances they had inside the five. Oh, yeah, I forgot. And then Raphael Bush, uh, on fourth down, there's an incomplete <laughs> pass that misses Reggie Bush by about 50 yards. Uh, but they call illegal contact on Raphael Bush after the play, and so they give him the automatic first down at the one. Dave, do you have one more that can top it, and then we'll get to the actual game? Yeah, I got one for you. Uh, well, you're down 31-7 to at halftime to the Green Bay Packers on the road. You rally back. You lose by six somehow, and then you lose Julio Jones for the next week against the Steelers when you once again lose by a touchdown. Yeah, that's rough. It is. I'm, I'm going to throw the uh, Jimmy Graham Hail Mary against the 49ers. Oh, I forgot called, about that It was called for, called for offensive pass interference. Meanwhile, Graham hasn't had a single flag thrown against him all season for defensive pass interference, despite being mugged for 14 straight games until last week. Yeah, it's 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 been misery all around. I feel like we need to like conference in a Carolina uh, person and they could join us. But, but Dave, the Falcons this year, short of winning the division before we get into the actual, the, the, 
the strengths and weaknesses in the game. Short of winning the division, is there anything that can save Mike Smith's job, in your opinion? Um, I think it would take a Super Bowl win or, or a deep <laughs> playoff run, which, you know, yeah, you're right to laugh. I mean, it, it's hilarious to even say that out loud. But. If they, but if they go, but if they go seven and let's say they go seven and nine and you get Arizona in that first playoff game, that's a winnable game. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You beat him at home already. Are you saying if Mike Smith wins the division and beats Arizona, they're still firing him? I think it's a possibility. Oh, I really That would be harsh. It would be hard. So, so I, you're saying right now, if the Falcons lose to the Saints, he's done. He, he is done. He's done. Hundred percent. Stick, stick a fork in him. You know, stick a thermometer in. One hundred seventy degrees. <laughs> uh, it's he's he's cooked. I mean, bottom line, uh, you know, they got a new stadium coming. They just took out a big line of debt from the NFL on that, and uh, you know, Arthur Blank would like. Lots of fans to show up next year and, and give him lots of money. And the only way that's happening, I think, short of winning the Super Bowl, is if there's a new coach. All right. Well, humor me for a second, and let's assume they do indeed lose on Sunday. Because, first of all, I'm really counting on that. But uh, assuming they do, and I'm not expecting you to know who, the, who they're thinking about, who they're talking to. But maybe just throw out one name. Maybe if you've who had you your want? ear to the ground, one guy. Or who do you want? Sure. You know, I don't, I don't really know who I want. Um, you know, that, that's, that's a dumb answer, but it, it's kind of true. I just want a, a coach that's going to do a good job. And I, I think that I've got some guys in mind. I like um, Todd Bowles from uh, Arizona. I like Ray Horton from Tennessee, even though his defense is terrible over there. I like Harbaugh, even though he's insane. Um, the guy I don't want really is Rex Ryan, but I bet that's the guy they'll go with just because I don't want him. I Harbaugh is the guy I don't want you to have. Harbaugh, he'll he's going to be a guy that's going to go places and just burn himself out because he's just a crazy person. And he'll probably go. He could go to Atlanta. He'd be gone in five years. But he may he may well win you a Super Bowl. Like I hate him, but he's a crazy person. And my wife hates him, but she wants him to be the Dolphins coach. Like she, like that dude. He he made Alex Smith good and. Matt Ryan is way better than Alex Smith. So, I mean, yeah. 
I mean, I, I just I just see like Arthur Blank, like the, he's a big name. Like I could see Arthur Blank going, "Hey, Jim, do you want ten million dollars? Do you want complete control? Do you think do you think they'll fire the general manager too?" Yeah, I think that depends. Um, I think that's a real coin flip. I think that it depends on how much he's distanced himself from Mike Smith. It depends on how much blame they're going to put on the talent on the roster rather than what Mike Smith's done with it. I think he's got a decent shot to stay, but if you hire, you know, a big name coach like Harbaugh, and that's that's one of the promises you have to make him, you know, that you'll have significant control and say in personnel, then yeah, he probably gets kicked to the curb. All right, so Atlanta, it's weird because I feel like you guys went to two and six and and, and you lost, but but really the last say seven weeks, you've been pretty competitive and you don't have the the dog shit losses that the saints have. Um, what's sort of gotten better for Atlanta to get this sort of three and three stretch going over the last three weeks? Um, where you've six. actually become That's six f- weeks. Yeah. Well, it's seven weeks or whatever. They're three and three over the last six weeks. So what's been better, Dave? A lot of things really. I mean, the defense isn't good, but it's been able to hold, um, a few times it's it's not doing anything special they still don't have a great pass rush but you know up until the last couple of weeks they were coming up with a lot of turnovers which made a huge deal uh difference and then on offense i mean julio jones just got going uh the offensive line which is you know just been a sea of injuries this year finally started to gel a little bit i mean that's all worked in their favor and you know naturally we're going to be playing you guys and we might be missing julio and our right guards so is <laughs> that dave can you tell us what's changed from the falcons since week one i mean obviously the saints are a completely different team different personnel uh part of it due to injuries part of it due to poor play but i'm just curious from that first week what what's transpired since then in terms of the roster and and how the team goes about trying to win games. Yeah, I mean, the, the offensive skill players, nothing's changed. Um, everybody's still where they are. They haven't really changed the snap counts up that much. Um, the offensive line is totally different. Uh, Sam Baker is gone. You know, at uh, left guard, they had Justin Blaylock go down for a bit. John Asimov is, might miss this game at right guard. They've gone through two centers, Joe Hawley and Peter Kahn, so they're starting... James Stone, who's an undrafted free agent rookie, um, right tackle. They've made the switch from Gabe Kareem over to, well, they started with Lamar Holmes. He got hurt. They went to Gabe Kareemi. He kind of got hurt, wasn't effective. Now they're on Ryan Schrader, who's a second-year undrafted free agent. Uh, it's amazing. The line's played as well as it has. And then defensively, um, they're missing Robert Alford at corner, so they've had Robert McClain out there who just hasn't been very good since 2012. Um, William Moore's missed a ton of time. Linebacker, they lost, uh, you know, a rookie, uh, Marquise Brule. They lost Sean Weatherspoon. And, and, you know, the front of the line, uh, the, the front four has not changed a ton. But Tyson Jackson, in particular, you know, they spent a lot of money on him. He hasn't really done much. Um, yeah, why did, you, why, did you, why did you think he would be any good – I mean, he's an LSU guy, and I'm an LSU homer, but what made Atlanta think that he was any good? Like, I love the, the, the other guy, the, the guy you signed from the Miami. He yeah. is really good against the run, but Tyson Jackson, what what did they see in him? That was exactly what they saw, and it was the same thing. It was They were both hires, like, you know, they got destroyed by the run last year, so they said, you know, we're not going to have a great pass rush again. 
So what we're going to do is stop the run and everything else is going to flow from there. And Tyson Jackson, you know, was, was good to great as a run stopper in Kansas City. But he's come over here and, you know, whether it's just because he doesn't have the same supporting cast or, or what's going on, he just hasn't been that great. So, yeah, that I mean, everything that they've done to get better on defense really hasn't worked out. So, hey, Dave, real quick, going back to your comments about the offensive line and the injuries and the changes that the Falcons have gone through. Um, the, I remember in week one, you know, kind of studying this and thinking, wow, you know, Jake Matthews, a rookie going up against junior Gallette and, and just looking top to bottom at that offensive line and the changes they made in the off season, you know, obviously losing Sam Baker. I just felt like this was a game that the saints defensive line would eat them alive and be able to dominate. And now obviously the saints defensive line underperformed this year and they weren't who we expected them to be. But at the same time, I remember leaving that game thinking, wow, I really expected them to dominate, and they didn't at all. I thought the Falcons' offensive line played extremely well in that game. So I'm curious if I should be expecting more of the same or have all these changes maybe dictated that this time the Saints' defensive line will get the better of them. I think this time they'll have more success. I don't think they're going to have a great game still. Um, even without Asimov right guard, um, you know, this is still a line that's done a really impressive job um, stopping things. And, and, you know, the underrated thing that's really changed for Atlanta this year is Matt Ryan was, was never a scrambler, but he also couldn't really escape. You know, he didn't use his feet well, even in the pocket, to get away from pressure. And, and something that I've seen from him all year long, you know, he's sidestepping, he's moving, he's rolling out, and it, it doesn't always end well uh, when he's throwing on the run and so forth. But He's really done a great job of, of recognizing when there's pressure coming and getting out of the way. And, and that has really made a difference, too. The line is, is not great. Yeah, Dave, I feel like this game, and like I said at the beginning, I feel like this game is going to get weird because it just it, 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 it can't be it can't just be a simple game either where the Saints lay an egg like they did in Carolina or Atlanta lays an egg. I feel like it's got to get crazy and strange. But you guys' defense, what – you know, me and Andrew always – and on this podcast with – we always talk about what's realistic for the Saints' defense to do each week because we know they're not good. But we always say, well, what's realistic? Can they force a couple field goals? What is your expectation of Atlanta's defense that's realistic when you go into this game and you say, okay, guys, we know you suck, but just do this and I'll be happy. What is your expectation for the Atlanta defense against the Saints on Sunday? Yep. I, I think that, you know, realistically, it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. I don't think there's any way around that. I don't think they're really going to get a ton of pressure on Drew Brees. Um, I think Mark Ingram will have a pretty good game on the ground. You know, they've been better against the run, and they just did a great job against Bell, but I'm not 100% sure they're going to be able to do it again. But the, the number one thing to me, realistically, they can take the ball away a couple times. You know, they had a, a stretch where they had, I think, 11 interceptions in games, and that's something they can do well. And I think that they've had some success with that in the past with Breeze, um, you know, whether they're getting pressure or not. You know, it's an opportunistic defense. So I think that the best-case scenario is, you know, they're going to allow four, maybe five touchdowns. But if they get a couple interceptions and the offense actually turns that into points, maybe that's the game. Uh, okay, well, give me give me the uh, prediction on the game, and also right before that, give me how does the, how does the, the 
the community and the Atlanta fans, what are they what are they expecting on Sunday? It's a pretty even split, I think. For most games this year, it's been the Falcons are going to get crushed, and it's a pleasant surprise if they don't. Um, I think that it's a split because it's you guys, um, and these games are always close. I think nobody wants to lose to the Saints, so that kind of changes your perception a little bit. You're not thinking the same way about it. And that kind of mirrors how I feel. I, I got to admit, I think Atlanta can win this game just with the way these things go. It's going to be close. I bet you it's a three-point game. I think Atlanta might pull this out by three. And, I, you know, I'm going to probably end up eating those words every time I make that prediction. I do. But I think they've they've got a good shot. I'd put them at, I'd say, 35-31. One last question before I let you get out of here. Hold on. Before you say that, uh, I was going to say, and, and what's your prediction, assuming they win that game and, and what happens is, is what you said. How do you expect them to go the next week against Carolina? You think they win two in a row and win the division? I think I think they do. If they can beat um, you guys, I think hosting Carolina at home, it's not a cakewalk. It's still a division game, but I think I think they pull it off at that point. And then I don't even know what I'm going to do with that. I don't know how to process. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You know, we've been pretty much on this podcast. We've been look. You can't root against the Saints. You can't root for a better draft pick. When you're in first place. And even I sort of vacillated after the Carolina game. I was like, look, I'm not going to root against them, but I don't give a shit anymore. Like, it was that yeah. bad. So what is the Atlanta Femmies? What do you want? Do you want to win and and have the division title, or do you want Mike Smith fired? Like, what's the – if you had to rate one or the other as the, the priority for fans at this point, what would it be? I'd say for the fan base in general, it's definitely getting Mike Smith fired. And getting the draft pick. I, I think that a lot of people are already thinking that way. Um, and a lot of people aren't convinced that, that what I'm saying about Smith being fired, even if they make the playoffs, is true. So that's how they're leaning. Uh, me personally, I want the playoff spot. I want that shot to be that ridiculous team, you know, winning a, a playoff game at 7-9. and nine. But, uh, yeah, I would say probably 60-70% of the fan base is leaning the other way. So you would be okay if you would, you would, you would trade – keeping Mike Smith for beating Arizona in a playoff game. Like if that's the trade you have to make, you're okay with it. I don't think that'll be the trade that, that has to be made. Um, yeah, that, that's the trick. I do think they need to make some changes. So, uh, <sighs> has to be, but Ralph is giving you the power to decide right now, the power to decide. What do you want, Dave? You can, you can have one or you can have the other. You can't have both. I don't know what I want. No, it's, <laughs> you know, it is, it is tricky. I would probably say I always got to go for the wins, even if it means keeping Smith. I just <laughs> Dave, Dave to hashtag save Smitty. Dave, yeah. here's the thing with this division title. It's not so much that I really, really want the Saints to win it. It's that I don't want Atlanta to have it. Yep. I want to be able to I want to be able to win the worst division in the history of football and lord it over Atlanta fans for all time. Like if it was Carolina, yep. I I I I wouldn't care as much, but since it's Atlanta, I really really want it. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that's, you know, that that's the difference between the fan bases here because you know, nobody in Atlanta that I've seen is thinking that same way. They're not thinking, oh, we can lord this over Saints fans. They're thinking, oh, God, if we go to the playoffs, maybe Smith stays. What if we get embarrassed? No, like, that's no fun. Like, you could be like in five years, be like, dude, remember 
when it was the worst division of all time and we won it and you didn't. Or you get you get that at least for a year. I mean, that's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. You know, it would be a hell of a lot of fun. So. It would be. So anyway, people go to his blog, and I'm not just saying this. Uh, Matt on their blog wrote probably my most favorite thing that I've read all football season. It was after the Cleveland game. They wrote a, a satire piece that Mike Smith was really Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, and it was the most hysterical thing I read anywhere all year, and I loved it. So go to the Falcoholic. They're fun, and mo- and 95% of them are good guys and, and they're fun to follow on twitter dave i'm sure we'll be talking sunday during the game uh thanks for joining us and uh i won't say good luck uh unless you want smith fired then i wish you all the best well thank you very much all right. thanks dave thanks <laughs> thank, you. thank you all right andrew um uh, we have to get to the bears game our fearless leader dave and dave isn't here for no i don't know why and kevin's not here because he's on tinder uh Bang and hose in Saints. So it's just me and you. So we got to get to the Chicago game. You know, the Saints won in Chicago. I had gambling apocalypse in Vegas. I won nothing. Yikes. At the Mandalay Bay. Mark Ingram's late touchdown killed a chance to win a couple hundred bucks. Uh, I I didn't bet. It wasn't the over-under, but you can bet a specific total of, like, between a certain amount of points. Mark Ingram's touchdown killed that. But whatever, the Saints won. Um, I'm not that bitter. Um, the Saints' defense, Andrew, was so good. They literally got Jay Cutler. He's benched. He's not playing. Yep. They're, they're like, Jay Cutler, we've seen enough. We're going to Jimmy Clausen. You know, that that feels really good after you, you've seen so many quarterbacks like, like Phoenixes rising from the ashes. You know, you've had these guys come in and play the Saints' defense that were dead to rights and the saints have been like the magical cure for these guys that are ailing. Uh, I'm talking about Kaepernick, Andy Dalton, uh, Cam Newton, these guys that have been awful and struggling all year. And I was terrified that Jay Cutler was going to be added to this laundry list. Yeah. And, and, and for once they actually, uh, they were like, they, they were sharks and they, there was blood in the water and they actually circled their prey and, and devoured them. Yeah, and the thing was, Sean Payton, when he said he was going to shake things up, he wasn't kidding. He started three people in the secondary. I have no idea who they are. Uh, and, and, and we'll be honest, in like May, if you'd have been like these three people, you'd be like, I don't know who they are. Yeah. And then he got Ricky Jackson to come out of retirement, put on the 57 jersey, had three sacks. I don't want to personally <laughs> thank the city champ because I believe he's like 55. For him to get on a plane and fly to Chicago and dominate like that, Andrew, it was amazing. Yeah, I can't believe he still has it. He still wow. has. It. Oh, that was that wasn't Ricky Jackson. That was David Hawthorne. <laughs> oh, my bad. My bad. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, hey, give Hawthorne credit. Um, you know, he he hasn't been in a position to rush in a four linebacker set and blitz. And I thought he did a really good job timing his blitzes, finding the crease, uh, taking the short path to the quarterback, and, and making that hit. So, uh, I was talking to you before the podcast. And I thought one thing defensively uh, that really changed a lot for the Saints. Now, first of all, I want to say they were playing an offensive line that in part had given up. Yeah. Uh, a, a relationship with a quarterback that is completely fractured in the locker room. And, uh, I mean, I, you look at that, and I think the big question, the big take from that game is, 
was it really the Saints being awesome or was it the Bears being awful? And I think it's a little bit of both, but we can't ignore the fact that the Bears were just god-awful. And I think yeah. this next week coming up will tell us a lot about the Saints. Um, but uh, schematically, um, one thing that I saw that I mentioned to you before we started the podcast was that the Saints were running a lot more 3-4 um, base and like we've never seen before. And I'm not talking about the hybrid 3-4 where – uh, Galette's a quote-unquote linebacker, but he's you know he's in a stance and he's at the line and he's always pass rushing. I mean a true four linebacker set with Harrelson, Humber, Lofton, and 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 Hawthorne. So four yeah. true linebackers, and so they were giving Cutler a front that he hadn't seen on tape, and uh, it's harder to block a, a three-four because you don't know who that fourth rusher is going to be. And uh, I think the Saints tripped him up a little bit on that. Well, and they, I mean, look. I think it's awesome, and we were talking about it in the, before the podcast. Andrew was saying, "Well, look, I, it's a shame that Rob Ryan had to like play that card now if you couldn't save that for Atlanta." But the yeah. Saints were in such crisis mode, like you, you got it. They had to play that card Monday, Andrew. And but give, give Rob Ryan credit; he basically depanced Aaron Cromer on national TV. But, <laughs> but I want to say, did. like, for the Bears not to run the ball twice on third and one and third and two against the Saints, like that's a fireable offense. I like Aaron Cromer and all, but come on, dude. I mean, yeah, that's cl- clear, clearly he hasn't been watching. The he, he, was, he was too busy crying and apologizing. To you Jay- know, and I saw I, I saw the Steelers make the same mistake with, with Le'Veon Bell in their what, backfield. What I don't the hell? get it. Like it's, yeah. but like like sometimes like I understand like if the Saints if you if it's third and one or third and two and they and you do it once and they stuff you. And you're like, man, they're beating us at the line. But you, I don't know, these offensive coordinators, I don't know. But um, the Saints, um, they benched Corey White. You know, they went, uh, mm-hmm. they went Terrence Frederick at corner. They went Sanford at safety. Uh, Pierre Warren at safety. And you know, Pierre Warren looked good in the preseason, and he looked good last night. I'm not saying, I'm not saying he is Sammy Knight 2.0. But Andrew, he's forced three turnovers. He's maybe just got that knack of whatever it, the, the hell it is that Sammy Knight and other good safeties have where they just – there's a turnover happening, and he's there. Well, the first thing I'll say is I want to guard myself against anointing him here because yeah. I, I think the, the one thing we got to remember is, again, it was a god-awful Bears team. And sometimes you pad your stats. I mean, I think of last year – Ingram didn't have a great year, but he had that one game against Dallas. It was yeah. kind of a you know a stat patter, and you know sometimes you just blow up a god awful opponent. Doesn't mean you're awesome. Doesn't mean you're going to have a great season. It just means the stars aligned on that day. So I, I'm not that, that's not to naysay what Pierre Warren did. I mean I, I thought he was great. Um, definitely his best game, and I think a real promising sign with him is that he seems to be getting better, Ralph. I mean yeah. you know, he, he's kind of learning on the job and. You know, you can't expect I mean, Literally, he came from the Vikings practice squad to starting for the Saints in five days. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at it that way, uh, how could we have expected him for the first few weeks to, to really do much of anything? And he struggled. He really did. But um, it's going to be now. He, you know, Matt Ryan is a tough quarterback and the receivers that the Falcons have are very good. And so uh, this is going to be a real test for him. And I think it, it's a real test for a lot of people on the Saints, um, because I think. This will prove Terrence Frederick's another guy. You know, he played well against the Bears, but was it just because it's the Bears? Well, or are they going to be able to confirm this against the well, tougher opponent? Well, here's the thing with the secondary, and I said it in my column today. is Look, a great pass rush, it can, it can cure anything. 
Ebola, cancer, anything, including starting three nobodies in your secondary. Like, no doubt, they had seven sacks. And 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 the thing is, and we talked about this, Andrew, is I thought the the main key against Cutler was Keem Hicks and Jenkins were just kicking yep. ass, and Cutler couldn't step up. And that's what Matt Ryan did, and Dave Choate mentioned it earlier. He was mobile, and he would step up in the pocket. And if a quarterback can't step up, bad things start to happen because they either have to go side to side or backwards. Yeah, I mean, I think they, they were blocking from the outside in. Um, and a lot of their schemes, you know, I saw Jordan get doubled a lot. Um, and it was one of those things where I think reviewing tape again, they felt like, yeah, the Saints don't really get any pressure up the middle. So we're going to really focus on helping out our tackles, making sure we protect the edges. And, we're, you know, one-on-one, no problem. We'll let our guys take care and of you it. Know, and you, look, you look at Jenkins bull over the center, Garza. You look at the sack Hicks. that Akeem Hicks had. Um, and so that, yeah, you're right. Hicks, Absolutely. Hicks is going to drive us crazy because I think – Next year, it wouldn't shock me, Andrew, if he has a career year, and I'm going to be petrified to lose him, and I'm going to be petrified if the Saints give him $50 million. Yeah, I agree. I'm, but but man, when he's good, he's just awesome. Yeah, he really is. He's a beast. Um, one quietly I – don't, I don't have the tweet in front of me, but Drew Brees has been fantastic the last month, even if you include the Carolina game. He's just mm-hmm. been phenomenal, off-the-chart good. Um, what does he have to do? Like what, how great do you think he's going to have to be against Atlanta? Well, I think if you look at week one against the Falcons, when Matt Ryan had an MVP type game against the Saints, uh, I think he threw for the most yards of his NFL career that day. Um, Breeze pretty much had to be perfect to win that game. Unfortunately, he threw that one interception in the red zone, um, and that came back to haunt him. Um, So I think more so maybe than being explosive, I mean, the yards are going to be there. The points are going to be there. The ability – this is the 32nd-ranked defense in the NFL. I mean, you know, whatever Dave said, yes, they've been playing a little bit better, but the bottom line is they have no pass rush. Their best pass rusher is the corpse of OCU Manura. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, their ability to get to the quarterback just doesn't exist. Um, so based on that, I think the Saints offensively are, are going to be just fine in this game. And they're going to have the ability to put up yards and points. Um, so I, I don't think Breeze has to do anything crazy here. I think naturally, if he plays like he did against the Bears, he'll be able to comfortably complete passes and kind of methodically, surgically get that 29 for 36 for 300 and change stat line with several touchdowns. Uh, for me, the key is just, you know, you making no mistakes. Yeah, I think also it's going to be interesting this game because it, it's obviously a huge game. We all know that. Uh, and the crowd's going to be really into it. But the Saints have also lost four straight home games. So the crowd is going to be super pumped. But I think they could turn against the Saints really early. Like the Saints need to not get off to a horrible start. Yeah, I don't think they turn unless, yeah, unless they go down multiple scores early um, and, you know, kind of don't show up again. And then, you know, the fans will kind of have this here we go again mentality. But um, given the stakes, given what just happened, given who it is, the Falcons, I really think the only thing that can stop the fans from really getting into this game, I mean, even if it's close, even if it's a one score difference all the way up until the end, the fans will be in it. 
as long as the Saints don't get dump trucked early, you know, and I, I think that that's where the Carolina effect um, could maybe haunt them psychologically. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because you 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 worry about the Saints and they're they're so schizophrenic. But part of me is like, God, can they can they really lose five in a row? Are they really going to lose? F- I mean, I can't remember. I mean, I mean anything's possible. I, you definitely can't rule it out. No, you can't. I, I, it, it's the 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 true Saints 2014 move is to dump truck Atlanta, get lulled into a false sense of security. Go to and Tampa, lose at Tampa and lose yeah. at Tampa. Like that's the ultimate 2014 Saints move, I think. It is. It is. I mean, I, I think the bottom line is, don't let that good game in Chicago fool you into thinking that all of a sudden the Saints have magically found the right corner in Terrence Frederick, no. and they've magically found in Jamarcus Sanford uh, the the strong safety that they've been missing all along. No. Uh, the re- the reality is this is a bad defense. There's no no, no two ways about it. Um, and the good news is the Falcons defense is even worse. Yeah. The um, Saints so defense makes the Saints look defense look good by comparison. Yes. Um, so – uh, again, I think this is two potent offenses. I think this we're looking at two defenses that can't really stop each other, can't really stop the the opposing team. And we'll see yards, we'll see points, a lot like we did in week one. And I, I think you give the X factor to the Saints because they're playing at home and they'll have the crowd behind them. Um, but I, again, like you saw in week one with the Colston turnover, it boils down to who's making that critical mistake. Yeah, and it and let me tell you something. No lead in that game is safe. None. None. Nope. You know, and for either I, for either team. And I think if I was the Saints, Andrew, I think I would defer to the second half. Because I don't know. I don't know. I I remember. I mean, my concern there would be Matt Ryan methodically going down the field and boom, yeah. seven Falcons. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough goal. I just like the I like having. I would want the ball first. Yeah, it's a, it, maybe. I just feel like, man, having the if if you could if you could be even or, or or say you go up a score or two right before half and you get the ball in the second half, you can really lay, put the clamps down to them. But I see your point. You're probably right. They're probably taking the ball to start the second half. Um, you know, this year, the 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 one thing that's really odd, and I I was so mad at myself that I. Because I was under the weather, I'm under the weather, as you can probably tell. I forgot that Garrett Hartley is now kicking for the Browns. So that yeah, means unbelievable. So that means you can have the Saints win, and then you flip over to the Red Zone Channel, and Garrett Hartley could kick the Saints into the playoffs. Man, it's it's crazy that he's been out of a job this long, and you know if you believe in fate or you believe in kind of serendipitous. <laughs> weirdness um i i really think that something's going on here and uh it's just it really would be incredible and i'm not gonna lie i mean the minute i heard that the browns had signed him i I thought about that scenario too and i thought to myself holy shit he's he's kicking against the panthers um so i wouldn't be the least bit surprised uh to see him do something to help out the saints not to assume anything because andrew now now the flip side of this is he hates us because we cut him, and he, and, and he misses a, an extra point oh, at the end of regulation. You know, he, he pulls a John Carney and kills the Saints' chances. Yeah, that's true. But the thing is with Garrett Hartley is he is like if he's if he's say that game is tied and he's kicking like a 53 yarder to win, 
Like I'm real, I'm really confident in Will Garrett Hartley from long distance. It's the short ones that he struggles with. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Point. So, but uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. The, the so what it, you're saying is that if they score and it's an extra point, and and the extra point wins or ties the game, they I'm need really, to intent. They need to intentionally back have it two, up. Per, two personal fouls and back it up. Yeah, and back yeah. it up. Um. Not to get ahead of ourselves, because Andrew always texts me, you know, I, 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 I bet on Cleveland and the under, and Cleveland just looked they did they looked horrific against Cincinnati. But Andrew texted me, you know, you can't predict the NFC South. You never know what's going to happen. Yep. So is, doing that is kind of bad. But I'm going to do it anyway. Let's say the Saints, everything goes their way Sunday, Andrew, and they and they clinch the South. Mm-hmm. Basically, you're going to be watching Arizona and Seattle on Sunday night. And you're, the Saints are basically going to play the loser. Right. So the question then becomes, do you want to play Arizona in the Dome to start and then go to Seattle? Or do you want to play Seattle in the Dome first and then go to Arizona? I think the latter. I, I really do because I, I think as nice as it would be to make the playoffs, uh, for me – I want the Saints to go as far as possible. You know, in other words, yeah. I, I realize that playing Seattle first has a much lower percentage chance of a win, and there's a decent chance that we get embarrassed again uh, by them, and, and and a loss to the Seahawks would hurt. But at the same time, I just feel like you've got to think about what sets up better for yeah. for how how you can get deepest into the playoffs. And if you're asking me, if you're asking me, just at face value, would I rather play Arizona on the road or Seattle on the road? I would definitely rather play Arizona on the road, especially with their quarterback problems and everything. So yeah. I, I would, I, and plus there's the kind of added bonus of, you know, the potential of knocking the Seahawks out yeah. of the playoffs it's, after last year would be pretty amazing. It's it's a it's a harder road, but if they would clear that Seattle hurdle and say the pathway would be Arizona and Detroit. Like it's not, it's not, it's not likely because I just don't think this Saints team, they're just not good enough to play three good playoff games in a row. You know, they're they're just not like, like I could see them winning one or two, but when they crash out, they're going to crash out hard in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, God forbid they make it to the Super Bowl and have to play the Broncos. Yeah. Like it'll be like 45 to 10. Like they're going to, like they're going to crash out of the playoffs hard, but if you told me they beat Seattle and then they get Arizona and they have to go to Detroit, like that's eh, I yeah, don't... it's it's not impossible. Um, so obviously you just want to get in. Yeah. But man, I mean, it's funny because if you asked me the, the same question in 2000, I mean, things have changed now. You know, for us as fans, I mean, I think in 2000 I would have said, "Give me Arizona at home." I just want to win a playoff game. Yeah. I, I want, want to see this franchise win a playoff game. Yep. And now, now I'm less worried about that, and I'm more worried about how deep they can get. So yeah. No, I think, I think it, that. Yeah. I think it's an expectations change. change. I just, man, Arizona, they're gonna get. They're not gonna get hammered because their defense is really good. But I yeah. just don't know how they're gonna score against Seattle with Lindsey or whoever the hell they're playing. Lindley. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
Um, you never know, man. The NFL is a crazy thing. I, mean, I, I saw I saw Max Hall of the Cardinals beat beat the Saints. Yeah, it ago. is true. That is true. All right, we a thirteen got, and three Saints team. Yeah, we got questions before we get to me and Andrew's prediction. So we got one from Reichert. Should Sean Payton ask for permission to pass timeouts to Atlanta so Mike Smith can better mismanage the clock? <laughs> well, he's not going to use him, right? Well, he might. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. Uh, I would you know, say it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice thought. Like, I just feel I, like I would I would say give him a couple more challenges. Yeah. I, the thing is, I feel like I'm not sure if the Saints are destined to win this division or whatever. But I just feel like Mike Smith is it's his destiny to do something horrifically bad and get himself fired one of the next two weeks. I know that in my gut. I just hope it's Sunday. It's going to happen. Like he's not going to be the coach of Atlanta next year, I don't think. Yeah. And he's. He, I, I I hope it's Sunday, but we'll see. But that's a good question. Um. Let's see. From super, from super saying Saint. Um. He the, had about fifty questions. Yeah. Will the third down siren possibly reverse its negative effects on Sunday? By some Christmas miracle, the answer is no. The third. I, you know, I feel. Is there any chance that they're going to pull pull the plug on this they thing? They should. That's the only hope that they pull the plug. That's the only hope. The third down siren. It cannot be cured. It is like, it's like a it's like a zombie. You can't cure a zombie. You got to kill a zombie. I just want to throw out there that I I may be mistaken, but I thought I heard a siren go off. On third down in the, the Bears. Bears stadium. Yeah, they had the they had the they had the same thing. And yeah, they we did. know how that we know how that worked out for them. Yeah. Uh, this I'm is, telling you, this isn't a Saints centric thing. This is across the league. Yeah. This it's is from, it's damning. This is from Allie. Should the Saints pick uh, should the Saints draft plans include one, draft anyone named Pierre, two, draft anyone not from Bama, three, prayer, all none of the above. Uh, all of the above. Definitely. They're ter- they're, they were their their 2014 draft, not named Brandon Cooks, has been terrible. Well, I mean, if you if I mean you could argue Cooks, I mean he, I think he's going to be good, but his season didn't end too well either. No, but he was so. he looked he looked like a pick where you were like that's a good that's a good first round pick, maybe not a great yeah. one, but you were like he's a, he's a good pick because he. I mean I'm. Not, I'm not ready to close the book on this class. I mean, I, I still think Sinceri is going to be a good special teamer. Yeah. You know, Powell, who knows? He could still develop into something. Here's, and here's the thing. I'm not ready to close the book on Jean-Baptiste. Here's, here's the thing why I give their draft a bad grade, Andrew, is because they had a – they ended up in 2014 having a gaping hole at corner. Mm-hmm. And they drafted a guy in the second round that they knew wasn't ready to play, and they thought they had the luxury to redshirt him, and they did not. Yeah, I agree with that. So that's so that's poor. That's poor evaluating your own roster and the draft like that. Yeah. They they were they were going for the Super Bowl this year. They well, I were, think I think they were hoping that Champ Bailey would buy them a year. Yeah. Of, of tutelage with this they were, guy. Okay, well they were wrong. So yeah, they, they were wrong for sure. So, um, yep. But I, I, you know, I think uh, I, I say this with every draft class. You know, ask me again in three or four years. I don't think we can make an assessment right now that 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 categorically that class is awful. And listen, if Brandon Cooks turns into Deshaun Jackson or better, and he starts consistently producing seasons like that year after year, and he but he's the only guy that produces, I still think, hey, pretty good draft. Yeah. Pretty good pick. You know, if he turns out to be an all-star, 
you know, Pro Bowl player, uh, then they could have done worse. Yeah. Uh, this is another. How many bowls did Jay Cutler smoke at halftime last game? Over under is six. I'm gonna say none. I just don't think Jay Cutler gives a fuck, and he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't smoke to smoke weed to to make oh, bad I, I, I think, feel better. I think. I think he replaces insulin with heroin. <laughs> His press conference is like 45 seconds. He just like. What? I mean, Jay Cutler. I. I mean, you talk about salary cap hell that Bill Barnwell said the Saints are in they're really not I don't think we'll get into that in the offseason but if I was a Bears fan to know that you just gave him a hundred million dollars like that must be so depressing because you're locked in you could say whatever you want about Breeze making too much money but at least Breeze you can say he's absolutely worth what the Saints pay him yeah you know it's a tough position now because Trustman by all it seems like he's going to get fired and if he does uh, then you got to bring in a new coach, and you got to convince that new coach that, oh, hey, by the way, you we're, gotta paying, we're paying $20 million to Jay Cutler, and it's all guaranteed next year. Oh, yeah. Um, so, man, what an awful situation. I don't know how you get out of that if you're the Bears. Yeah. You know, I think the, the statistic that was really eye-opening, and uh, I didn't even realize this. I mean, I, I've kind of always viewed Cutler as mediocre, a guy with a big arm that just yeah. hasn't put it all together. But I don't know if you saw that stat graphic that went up where basically his career statistics are all in line with NFL average. And he's he's an average quarterback. I mean, his statistics prove it. And, you know, how you decide to make an investment like that to make him the the highest paid NFL quarterback in the he's entire not, league. He's, he's making more than Manning. He's making more than, than Brady. He's making more than Rodgers. Making more than Breeze. I mean, I, I just – what, to me, that that's the what, biggest shock is you make an investment like that in, in a guy that's career is average. N- not to make this a Bears podcast, but I'll try to make it – and I have this fun Saints-related question. Andrew, if I said you could have Jay Cutler at his absolute best or Aaron Brooks at his absolute best and you have to build your team around that, which one do you take? Oh, man. I think I still take Cutler. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, I, I think just because I, I think – oh, man, that, that's tough. I, I see a lot of similarities, um, but ultimately I think his physical tools, his arm strength, um, you know, he, he maybe has a slight bit of ability, uh, slight, slightly more ability, and, and he doesn't laugh when he throws interceptions. I, he kind of hangs his head in change. I, so. I take Aaron Brooks because I think – Jay Cutler got – I think Jay Cutler – Brooks is definitely more fun. I, I mean I know people got really angry with Brooks, but there were times where he was a pretty fun quarterback. Well, the thing about Aaron Brooks, when he, when he first started, they were like, man, he's smiling because he doesn't care. To, the pressure's not getting to him. He sta- like Aaron Brooks never changed his yeah. personality throughout from his very first start to his last. He was always either smiling, laughing, joking, whatever. When he when he won, it was cool and he was he was carefree. When he lost, he was an asshole that didn't care. <laughs> so like he never changed. The thing is with I would take Aaron Brooks is because I don't think Aaron Brooks got really great coaching. I don't think Mike McCarthy's that great of a coach. I know he won with Aaron Rodgers and all that, but I think Mike Shanahan and I think Tressman to a certain extent is better coaching than Aaron Brooks ever got. I think if you got Aaron Brooks with a really great coach, he could be a playoff. God, can we please stop talking about so, him, bro? Anyway, that was fun. Um, somewhere, <laughs> this is from Lamb of God. Somewhere, 
uh, I saw that Matt Ryan is one of the top paid athletes. How much of that is in is in adult diaper endorsements? All of it? Yeah, like I definitely need some depends. Uh, and 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 man, brasiers. Um. Uh, yeah. This is from Skooks. Do you believe in shitty miracles? <laughs> I'm assuming that's also a reference to Matt Ryan's underwear. Yeah. Um, absolutely, I do. I do. It's going to happen Sunday. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, does Sean Payton send Mike Smith uh, a Cards Against Humanity box? That, oh, man. I'd say he does. If you yeah, don't like Cards of Humanity, I, it's a game that's uh, really, really offensive, but the best, especially when you're drunk. Yeah, I, I, I could see him mailing him a pink slip, too, Yeah. after the game. Who is Vaccaro uh, going to P.I. between Roddy, Marty, and Julio? <laughs> uh, all of the above. Yeah. Um, Vaccaro played good, though. Uh, you know, and here's yeah, a, that like, personal foul, though. Come on, man. Yeah. Uh, this is from Matt Falcon M5. You know, how many points are the Saints going to lose by? Will Drew Brees spontaneously combust and don't jinx it? Um, I have a feeling, and I said this last week against Jay Cutler, and I was, I was on. Is I think Drew Brees is either going to have a holy shit New England on Monday night game where he's perfect. Mm-hmm. Or he's gonna throw like he's gonna have like a three interception mess. Like I yeah. don't think it's gonna be uneven. Like I think hey, I, I just have to say real quick, you know, obviously like you said, Breeze, the current form that he's in is incredible. But I, I go back to the Cutler thing for a second and how much how much people have been frustrated that Drew hasn't been, you know, all star, all world Drew in peak form all season. And yes, he struggled at times, but you give me a B minus version of Breeze, you know, aging gracefully, and I mean, you think about the Chicago Bears investing 132 million dollars in Jay Cutler, and Matt Ryan getting a hundred million dollar contract, Joe Flacco getting. These are the alternatives. Yeah, that's and what, that's it, what else is out there. So yeah, and the, an aging Breeze that's maybe not quite as good as he used to be. I mean, if you're talking about replacing him. You gotta show me what what could possibly be behind door number two. That's yes, yes. And here's the thing with Drew Brees and salary cap hell, and 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 Bill Barnwell. He didn't even he 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 just assumes like Drew Brees is gonna play out the contract, which is not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. The Saints structured Drew Brees' contract in such a way that they said, look, Drew, we're gonna give you the bonuses and the guarantees in the first three years. And then last two years, the cap numbers are going to be like ridiculous, but we're going to restructure. And the gamble was after three years, Drew Brees will still be elite. He'll still be really healthy. So he'll want to do an extension, and the Saints can extend him by two or three years and get a bunch of cap flexibility. That's what the Saints bet on, and it hit. And it was absolutely – So far. So far, but I mean, yeah. it looks good. Like now, he can. Let's let's not jinx him. You know, he's got a couple games left this year. Well, no, I mean, you never know. But that's <laughs> the thing. Like going into next year, Andrew, they they, if he's healthy, they can they can they can add two years to it, convert it to bonus, and be okay, right? Yep. Yep. No, absolutely. I, the, the the cap is of no concern. I think the concern for me with the Saints is investing in the right free agents, yes. drafting the right people. 
Um, it's not a financial issue. They have to be smarter. I think there's more pressure to be smart when you're up against the cap. No question yeah. about that. And I mean, you know, they, you know, they were. I mean, they look. They were. They were thinking of uh, who was the corner from that they were about to sign instead of Keenan Lewis. Who? Oh, Derek Cox. Derek Cox. He ended up being terrible, and they got Awful. Keenan Lewis instead. It yes. was a home run. You know, looking back at it, it might have been better if Atlanta had signed Jairus Bird for sixty million dollars, and the Saints just miss out. You know, but yes. I mean that's the risk you take when you're going at these guys. You, you've got to make the right evaluation. Um, so that's the questions for today. So now we get to the prediction part of the show, Andrew. Uh, give me a prediction on this game, uh, and just your general thoughts. Uh, well, I'll be at this game. Nice. So I'm, I'm excited to be there. I'll be standing in line to get Will Smith's autograph. Um, right, I'll be standing right behind Junior Gallette in line, uh, waiting for that autograph from Will Smith, uh, who's apparently s- signing at uh, the Hall of Fame, the New Orleans Saints Hall of Fame. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this game. Um, man, I wish I could rub some crystal ball and tell you what's going to happen. I literally have no idea how this is going to play out. The Saints could win by three. They could lose by three. They could lose by 50. Uh, this could be an old-school vintage, 41-17, Drew Brees, curb stomping. Um, I, I literally do not know what to expect the, the, out of this game. I, I could see it playing out so many different ways. Is, this, is, this, is it fair to say, not that not that Sean Payton is Jim Haslett or we know Drew Brees is and Aaron Brooks, but aren't these sort of, Andrew, the 2003-2004 Saints – they just have a better coach and quarterback. But it's the same thing. With Hazlitt, it was like you didn't know what the fuck you were going to get week to week. Yeah. I, I think if anything um, – now, look, last week you look at the Bears game, and yes, there were two 5-8 and eight teams, but I think the difference is the Saints were still playing for something, and the Bears were completely checked out and ready to end the season. And now you're playing a team that, again, yes, they're 5-9, and nine, they're poor – but they're playing for something, and the stakes are high for the Falcons. Yeah, and I feel like so, – uh, I think, I mean, I, you know, you look at that play of Nick Toon, the fumble, the missed 51-yard field goal by Shane Graham. Like, those things didn't matter in the Bears game because the Bears were awful. But those things will matter cost the Saints the game. Yeah. Um, so that that's the main thing is they're not going to be able to get away with mistakes like that in this game. Um, but uh, – you know, I, I just have to believe that the Saints are not going to get swept by a Falcons team that's this bad uh, in yeah. 2014. And uh, I think defensively, when you can't get pressure on Drew Brees, um, he's going to have an opportunity. Can the Saint, do you think they're not they're not going to sack Matt Ryan seven times. If they sack Matt Ryan seven times, it's it's part it's it's going to be. Oh, it's I mean, part. I think I think the over under is is one and a half sacks. <laughs> on the, not, yeah, I mean Matt Ryan gets the ball out so quick. Yeah. Um. He he does a good job of of reading the line of scrimmage. I mean he studied a lot of tape. Um. You know, he, I I just have a lot more confidence in him knowing what to expect from the Saints defense, making the right reads, getting the ball out quickly. Uh, he knows his his offensive line's banged up, so he he's you know they're 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 going to force the Saints to tackle. He's going to make a lot of short intermediary throws, getting the ball out quickly, and uh, they're going to force the Saints secondary to tackle well. Um, so I, I think the over under has to be great. I think they have to be good or good. They have to be good because if yeah, they get pressure in the middle, they can cause problems. They don't have to be Bears good, but they just have to be. One of them has to be at least play. 
above average. Well, I, one thing I will throw out there, and I'm, I'm worried I might eat these words. I, I literally feel like any prediction that I make in this game is setting myself up to be burned because everything's out the window right now with the Saints team. But uh, this is one of the weakest run teams that the Saints have faced. And, yes, I mean, I know Steven Jackson's kind of been up and down this year. Uh, but uh, I feel like often, offensively the Falcons don't run the ball that well. And uh, you look at all the opponents that the Saints have faced in recent weeks and how much they've struggled to stop the run. This is an opponent where I think they can maybe control the line of scrimmage a little bit better. Do you think um, Do you think Ron Ryan would maybe go like the weird amoeba defense and like dare Atlanta to try to run the ball? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I think uh, he's they're like like against Chicago. I think they'll pull out all the stops. I really do. Um, now Atlanta likes to spread it out offensively. You know, they don't run. So, you know, the three, four maybe doesn't work quite as well against Atlanta, but, uh, we'll have to see. Um, I really hope that they kind of mix up their blitz packages like they did against the bears and try to confuse Matt Ryan a little bit, but, uh, it's going to come down to can this defense stop Ryan at all. They weren't able to do it in week one. Prediction. (sighs) Man. Atlanta's favored by six and a half, by the way. Atlanta's favored by six no, and a half? It's Saints are, I'm sorry, Saints are favored by six and a half. Yeah. Nine of the last 11 of these games have been decided by a touchdown or less. I'm going to go with two for prediction here. Okay. I'm going to say the Falcons beat the Saints. Oh, yeah? The They're going to win 27-24 on a last-second Matt Bryant oh. field goal again. Garrett Hartley hits a game-winning field goal for the Browns against the Panthers. And the Saints go into Week 17 still alive. Wow. And the Panthers are eliminated, so they don't play Derek Anderson. They don't play Cam Newton. They play Derek Anderson. Derek Anderson comes in, lights up the Falcons <laughs> in the Georgia Dome. Falcons lose. Saints beat the Bucks on the road. Saints lose to the Falcons, but they win the NFC South. Wow. That would be some crazy shit. I'm going to go I'm going to go Saints. I'll go with my column prediction. I'll say Saints 45, Falcons 42. Uh it's just going to be batshit crazy. And you just better hold on. There's going to be no So how game. does it how does it end? Last second field goal, last second pick. It how- en- it ends with Drew Brees hitting Ben Watson. To go for the Saints to go up 45-42. They're losing with, with like. Well, they didn't leave. They, I mean, if they leave Matt Ryan any time whatsoever. No, it won't be any time. It'll be Ben Watson in the back of the end zone with like 10 seconds. Okay. So it'll be 45-42 Saints. It'll be batshit insane. Uh, no, no defense, but like a couple of defensive touchdowns, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Like you'll just have like a you'll have like a freak play where like somebody will fumble and scoop it up and score. You'll have like well, that'll be fun. I mean, forty-five be, to forty-two will be a fun. Yeah, game. it'll be like a it'll be like a nineteen eighties whack game. It'll be it'll be it'll be put it this way. It'll be the game of the day, and there will be Matt, Mike Smith will do something horrific to allow the Saints to win the game. I don't know if that's clock management or challenge or whatever, but Mike Smith's gonna do something dumb. And the Saints are going to win 45-42. But, and, 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 and Panthers, Browns, what happens? And Panthers, Panthers win because Cleveland's awful. Okay. 
So it's the Saint, if the Saints are winning the South. So, so the Saints will need to win at at Tampa. At, at Tampa, against okay. the, against the team wanting to win the number one, against the team wanting to lose to get the number one pick. So. Anyway, so for, for Dave Choate, for joining us, uh, our fearless leader did not join us. Kevin, I hope you had uh, lovely consensual sex with a... With protection. Lady, with protection with a lady in St. Louis. Uh, Andrew will be at the we, game. Stay kids. Yeah, Andrew will be at the game. I will be in front of my TV. Uh, and hopefully, God willing, the Saints will have clinched the NFC South and we can have fun on Monday. So until then, be well. Thank you.